Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey Demeglio. The New York Rangers have concluded preseason with a dismal 1-5 record, but now the games will start to matter starting Thursday when they open their season. Joining me today is our friend, Newsday reporter Colin Stevenson. Thanks for joining me, Colin. How are you? I'm good, Joey. Uh, thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, you're all around the world here this week. You're on Vince's podcast. I saw the... Uh, the other, like last week, maybe you're on somebody else's podcast, maybe, and now this week you're on Ice Cold Takes again. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did Vince this uh, this week, um, and then last week I was on Andrew Gross's podcast, but that is an Islanders podcast, so it's you know, I mean, I just do it because I love being on with Andrew, and uh, um, but I, you know, I'm not I'm not an expert on the Islanders. I can, you know, I, uh-huh. I know a little bit about what's going on, but. Uh, I'm not around them every day. So that's a, that's a little different look. But yeah, no, this is my wheelhouse here coming coming on with you and, you know, just talking about what's going on with the Rangers. Yeah, I saw you were able to provide a little bit of insight into Julian Gauthier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, you know, we all love Julian Gauthier. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I like him. He's just, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that, you know, he's going to be the guy that's an upgrade over Zach Parisi for them. I think Parisi scored 20 goals. And I, I don't know that Gauthier has 20 goals in his career, but you know, good luck. I mean, I, I hope uh, I hope he works out and finds a niche and, mm-hmm. and can be a player for them. Yeah, I'll tell you what though, he had a lot of great chances, like to score goals uh, in his time with the Rangers. If he finishes maybe 50% of those, 25%, I think he could get at least 10 goals. I don't yeah, know about 20, but he could get at least 10. That's that's always been the the, the thing with him. Like uh, you know, he's obviously he was a he scored in junior. He played on the world juniors. So it's not like he doesn't have talent and he is big. He's six, four or six, five or six, four, I guess. And um, he's huge and, and he's super fast. So, I mean, he does create chances and uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's, you hit it on the head right there. I mean, he just has to finish the chances he creates. Cause you know, if he, if he does that, then he's a real player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So transitioning over to the Rangers, uh, this is Laviolette coming into his first regular season as Rangers head coach and right off the bat, like even in preseason, um, all of you guys, all the beat reporters were saying, we're commenting about the pace of the practices, right? You commented on the speed and the pace. Yeah. It's moving at full speed, right? So how much different, I want to know how, how much different are they than uh Gerard Gallant's practices? Uh, you know, I, I, I think they're different. I mean, training camp is a, is a little, you know, different coaches have different philosophies in training camp. And clearly, I think um, La Violette is, is a different guy in terms of his philosophies than is uh, Gallant. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like Gallant. I was fine with Gallant as well. Um, Gallant had the player perspective. You know, he played in the league for a long time. And I, and I feel like, you know, he coached uh, the players the way he would have preferred to be coached, you know, when he was playing, which is, you know, he left a lot of it up to the players, right? And uh, and I think, you know, he just he viewed practice as outside of training camp where you have maybe a young guy that's trying to break in or an old guy that's trying to hang on. You know, I think the guys that you know, you know, everybody knows is going to be on the team. I mean, I think he just kind of viewed it as all right, let's just get our legs moving and um, and you know, go over a few things and um, and and let's uh, let's 
let's not take any chances on getting anybody hurt, right? So, um, and let's save your legs for the regular season. Whereas LaViolette is one of these guys who has said it, you know, more than once since he's been the coach. Like, you know, he believes that you you play like you practice. And so uh, he feels like, you know, for instance, he doesn't want to – he doesn't feel like you can turn it on. And, you know, how playoff hockey is different than regular season hockey. He doesn't feel like you can – play one way in the regular season and then flip a switch and play a different way in the playoffs. And similarly, I don't think he feels like you can play one way in the preseason and then flip a switch and play a different way in the regular season. And he wants guys to, you know, work hard in practice um, and, you know, and, and, and get kind of almost give, give it everything in practice and in the preseason and stuff. And we asked him, I think this week, uh, about injuries and are you worried about injuries? And, you know, he said something to the effect of, no, we can't be worried about injuries. You know, you, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta play and, um, and, and do what you have to do and be ready for, you know, for the games. And you just can't, you can't afford to worry about that stuff. And so that's the philosophy that he takes, which is certainly different than Gallant's philosophy, which was a, a little bit more laid back, you know, is one, is one better than the other? That's, you know, the results will, will tell us that, um, both of them have, you know, won a lot of games as coaches. Um, Laviolette's won a Stanley cup early in his career. Um, he's been to the finals two other times. Uh, he's, he's had great success. I think he's the winningest American born coach. Um, so, you know, but, but yes, there is a risk when you, when you have high intensity practices that you're going to get injuries and you feel, Phil Heedle has been out of practice for over a week now. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the injury is. They say it's an upper body injury. We saw him the other day in the locker room. He looked fine. Um, they say that, you know, he's been out of practice and it's just, you know, they, they, you know, they can't use the word or they wouldn't use the word precautionary or anything like that because it wouldn't have lasted more than a week. But, um, you know, they don't, they seem to feel like he's going to be ready for opening day. Um, and that's good. Um, so, you know, it is a risk that you run when you that you take when you run a full speed practice is that, you know, guys are going to get dinged up and it's not necessarily, you know, that they get hit um, you know, and get suffer an injury because they get hit. It's more, you know, they're they're working their muscles, man, and you know, they could they could pull something. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword and it's just different philosophies is all seemed like a big focus on conditioning uh what i noticed from like your videos i saw a lot of the players hunched over in the first couple practices and i know i talked to i talked to johnny lazarus last week and you know he played he played before and you know that's all training camp that's what he said like that's all training camps where you know you're you have to you have to condition yourself to the last in a game 60 minute contest but you know like the players were were hunched over and in addition to that, they're learning a new system. What is it? The uh, the left wing lock, I think they call it. Yeah, that's, that's what some people call it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I look. I think Johnny's right in in the in in the sense that it, it should be a shock to the system. Your first day of training camp, and you're going to skate uh, hard. I mean, you know, because yeah, you, you work over the summer. You play, you know, as these guys say, you play summer hockey and you know, you work on your shooting and you work on your skills and you're in the gym. So you're conditioned, but, um, you know, the first day or two of training camp, 
you know, the intensity is a lot higher than, you know, even, even in a, in a camp under a guy like Gallant, who's not, um, you know, he's not going to push you as hard as a guy like LaViolette's going to push you. It's still going to be hard the first day. <laughs> it's still going to be much more intense than anything you did over the summer. So I, I don't think that that's, uh, you know, that's not something I, I necessarily look too much at, um, you know, as long as it's just the first day or the first two days. I mean, after that, you know, you, you, you'd you assume that, you know, guys' bodies get used to it and, and they can handle it. So um, as far as the system is concerned, yeah, um, there, there is a, uh, he's very, La Violette is very, um, uh, open about, you know, talking about his system and he believes in his system and his off, it's not just defense, right? I mean, there's offensive stuff too. Um, but yeah, that defensive, it was very noticeable when, when they first started working on that, that defensive system, that neutral zone system, that left wing lock that some people call it. Um, it's basically um, a one-three-one trap in the neutral zone. So you have one forward, and it's usually the left wing that's kind of at the point putting pressure on the puck. Um, the other two forwards are are hanging back, and one defenseman steps up. Usually, the left side defenseman steps up. So you got the left side defenseman on the on the left, the center in the middle, the right wing on the right boards. The right defenseman slides over to the middle, and you have a one-three-one. Um, and there's variations on it. It's not always the left wing that's that's running point. You know, I suppose it depends on, you know, what three forwards are on the ice. I suppose it depends on, you know, which defenseman's bringing it up the ice for the other team, whether it's a left side guy or the right side guy, you know, who's closest to the puck. So, I mean, you know, they have to learn all this stuff. And it's, it's not the most exciting stuff to watch when you go to a practice. I have to promise you that. But, it, you know, they have to run through it, and it's just one of those things where they got to do the reps so that it becomes automatic for the players and, and they don't have to think about it. So that long practice on Monday, of course, happened after the, the game against the Islanders at UBS right. Arena um, right. where LaViolette had some words. Uh, I like that quote. I'll talk about that in a little bit. That, that you know, we know what quote we're talking about, but <laughs> I'll, talk, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit, but. Um, that long practice, to me, it seemed like it was a, a message to, to the group of guys, like, you know, get on board with what we're doing here. But was it more emphasis on, like, on that, on understanding the system? Or was it, you know, like a, a, a bag state? Uh, you know, I think it was probably half and half. Um, you know, if, if you recall, they had not practiced the day before, right? right. So they... It was supposed to be, if you recall, the, the original uh, schedule was it was going to be Thursday, Friday, back-to-back. Uh, Friday's game got washed out because of the rain in New York, uh, so they pushed Friday's game to Saturday, which was great because it allowed uh, certain people to play. Like Mika, for instance, uh, would not have played originally in the second game. He wouldn't have played both games of the back-to-back. He had played in the Thursday game. Um and so he was able to play in the Thursday game and the Saturday game. So, you know, a couple of people, you know, were able to play that might not have been played otherwise. Uh, in any case, they were off on Sunday. And then so Monday he came back and he worked them hard. But, yeah, part of it was sending a message. Part of it was, um, you know, drilling down on systems. And part of it was just, you know, uh, coming back after a day off. But, yeah, it was a double – it was almost a double session practice. They had made a bunch of cuts. They had gotten down to, you know, what was essentially, you know, their final – mostly their final group. 
Um, they've got, you know, cut, cut it down to where they were only going to have one practice in a day, as opposed to having two separate, uh, two separate practices for two separate groups. Um, but yeah, it was a long one where they, they practiced, you know, cut the ice, came back out and practice some more. Um, and then, you know, a light practice the next day and then, and then the last two preseason games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that quote, I'll bring it up now about the <laughs> universals. I mean, I, I loved it. Way, I, know I, you, I know you and Vince were like were had your mind blown when when that when that came out in a preseason game, no less. Like, yeah, I, I really, I think that's a, I think that's a candidate for quote of the year, and we haven't oh. even started the season yet. But yeah, we no, call those ice cold takes. That's an ice cold <laughs> take. Like, I mean, I like the land. Like, there were times, there are times that you know that he, to me, like he made mistakes here and there, but. Like Laviolette just set the tone right then and there. I was not expecting that in a preseason game. Like I barely, I barely watch preseason, but I mean I watch it now because I go through withdrawals without hockey. Like I, I just love watching the Rangers and hockey in general. So if it's on, it's on. Like I'll, I'll watch it just to you know see something, right? And but like this year, it just feels like fans are paying way too close attention to it and putting too much too much uh of their uh too much weight on these games yeah i think part of it is the new coach right i mean part of it is whatever we thought they were going to go places after they made to the eastern conference final in 2022 and then you know they laid an egg a little bit last year i mean it was clearly it was a hangover season they they weren't as good as they were the year before um and and then they fired the coach or excuse me, they didn't fire the coach. They mutually agreed that he, you know, they and the coach should separate. Um, so I, I think there's a curiosity with, with, you know, having a new coach. And I, I think that's natural uh, to, to want to pay attention and see if they look any different because, you know, the, the, the player personnel is not that different to be honest with you. I mean, they, you know, they tinkered with their bottom six or their bottom four, three, I guess, um, you know, they brought in guys like, uh, you know, Pitlick and Benino and, you know, and, and so they're, but the, the top guys are, oh, they got uh, Wheeler as well. I should, I should mention that, but the top guys are the same guys. I mean, you still have Mika, you still have Panarin, you still have Kreider, you still have the, you know, the kid line. Um, so you want to see if they look different under a new coach. And then, you know, and then I think there was excitement too about the young guys. People were excited about Othman and, and, and Cooley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think with the, the fans too, um, the ha- they've been gotten the team, the Rangers, it seems like they've gotten into this habit of over the past few seasons and not putting in the full 60 minute effort. Right. And um, I know LaViolette said like, Back checking is a universal. It's not a system, right? Like four checking, same thing. Blocking shots, same thing. Um, but could it still take a while for the players to get used to performing at that consistency Laviolette expects? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you think about it, yeah, the only you only have three weeks or so of training camp. You only have six preseason games, um, of which the first – game you kind of throw out the window you know there was like like five guys in the lineup right uh it's mostly hard for guys um so really you're looking at you're zeroing in on the last 
two preseason games or the, or the last three, if you want, you know, that Islander, that game on Long Island, um, those last three games and really the last two, the one in New Jersey and, and, and the one against the Bruins at the Garden the next night are where you have essentially your lineup. You know, Lafreniere got the night off in New Jersey. He was back against the Bruins. Um, you know, but that was essentially your lineup in those two games. And so you want to see what the lineup looks like, you know, when they're all playing together. Um, and, and there's work to be done, clearly. I mean, like, I think they looked – I think they looked better defensively. I mean, you have to you have to admit. I mean, I don't even – off the top of my head, I don't know what the shots against were, but uh, there weren't many. Um, the first period was great last night. Yeah, there weren't many shots against, uh, in, you know, over the two games. And, you know, the, the breakdowns were, were bad to look at. But I think, you know, I mean, and Laviolette even said as much – you know, for the most part, they, they played fine. You know, it's just that, you know, when they broke down, they broke down, they paid for it. Um, and so, you know, there's stuff that, you know, they're going to have to um, get better at the defensive system, but they've also got better at the offensive system because now, you know, the, the first focus is on defense, but now you got to generate stuff too. And, uh, and they didn't, they didn't do enough of that in the last two games. And so, you know, they've got a few days of practice, um, you know, Philip Heedle, uh, as we mentioned, has been out with a, with an injury. And so he wasn't around for those last two games. Uh, I think that, you know, Laviolette would have liked to have seen Heedle with Panarin just to see what that looks like. Um, and he didn't get a chance to see it in the preseason game. But, you know, they've got four or five days of practice, and then, you know, they'll arrange the lines how they want to, and then they'll be able to work on some stuff. But, you know, people got to relax too. You know, <laughs> it's not a one game season. It's not a 10 game season. It's 82 not football. Games. No, it's 82 games over six months. So don't, don't overreact. Don't, don't panic. You know, whatever happens in, in game one or game one through five, let's not panic. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's gonna, it, it, you know, there's a long way to go and you have time to correct stuff that, that, you know, needs correcting. And I am actually thinking that the Rangers might struggle out of the gate first month, at least just the first month of the season because of the new coach. Um, Similar to, I know this is before you covered the Rangers, but when the Rangers started with uh, Alan Vigneault, they were really, really, they struggled a lot because they were also getting used to a new system. Um, His system was like the defense jumping up into plays more. Under John Tortorella, everybody was back. Like everybody was like protect the front of the net, you know, but then once AV came in, then the defenseman started to jump in off the rush and uh, create some offense that way. And I remember that October was, uh, I think they might've only won three games and that included the game where, um, oh my gosh, Biron retired um, wow. after the Sharks scored like nine goals and Hurdle had like a hat trick or four goals. I think he had, um, but yeah, so I, I'm expecting. It, uh, hopefully, they prove me wrong, but I, I'm expecting some growing pains here. But I oh, definitely, I like, yeah, for sure, there's going to be growing pains. Yeah, there's, the effort, the effort side of it, though, I think the players that stood out were Offman, Cooley, and to me, it's Kako. Like Kako, those three guys, they those three gentlemen played their hearts out. Yeah, even just preseason. Like I know Offman's trying to make a statement. 
you know, he looked really, really good. Like, I thought he looked great last season, last preseason. This preseason, he looked really good. Like, the first few games, maybe tapered off a little bit the last two. And then Cooley was very consistent. Like, I, I like the way he fits it on the on the line with uh, – last night it was with Trocek and Wheeler. And um, that worked out pretty well. Like, I was thinking maybe they try Kreider with Trocek because that worked out for a time last season. But Cooley – looks like he fits in really well so the rangers have a a tough decision ahead of them like Othman was just sent down today on uh, friday and they have to get down to 22 right and they, well, have, they have to get down to 23 yeah but if they that's, want to accrue cap space uh, they, yes. you're gonna want to do that to you're get gonna to i mean they probably will want to get to 22 but you know we have to um it depends you know we, we have to see first of all what the the status is of Heedle uh, and and uh, Tyler Pitlick, right? Uh, Pitlick uh, played the first period in New Jersey on th- uh, Wednesday night, uh, and then didn't didn't play in the last two periods. He left the game with what they said was an upper body injury. Now, on Thursday, um, Laviolette said that Pitlick had a good morning or a great morning or something like, I don't know what that means. You know, probably slept in, had a nice big breakfast. I don't know what, but no, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, he, you know, he went on to say that he doesn't think that whatever, you know, kept Pitlick out the last period, last two periods of that game is going to be an issue that's going to keep him out any, any uh, significant time. So he's probably ready to, you know, he'll probably be back in practice Saturday and, and, and probably good to go. Heedle, um, Again, as I said, we we saw him in the locker room walking around. He looked fine, you know, to the naked eye. Um, and we'll see if he's ready to go on on Saturday when they when they practice, um, you know, and and if he's ready to go on October twelfth. But if there's any question about either of those two guys, you know, then it does change things a little bit. Um, as you said, Othman did get sent down. Cooley is still with the team. Their roster is at twenty four. Um, they need to get to, uh, you know, 23 at least. Uh, although, as we say, for, for cap purposes and to bank cap space, they, they we expect that they'll carry 22. Um, you know, Ben Harper didn't play in that last uh, preseason game. Uh, so we, I would speculate that that probably means that uh, Zach Jones has won the job as the, uh, as the seventh defenseman. Um, I think we all pretty much expect uh, Eric Gustafson's going to be the sixth defenseman. Oh, yeah. He's going to partner with Schneider on that third pair. And then the question was, are they going to keep Jones or Harper? We always assumed that they would keep Jones. Uh, and to be fair, Jones had a really nice preseason. I mean, he, he, you know, he was noticeable. I thought he was good in, you know, every time I saw him and he was good in the last preseason game he was playing. Uh, on the right side with Gustafson, and I thought that was telling um, because if you're going to be the seventh defenseman, you have to play, you have to be able to play the left or the right, right? So instead of just like putting him on the left and Gustafson on the right, they tried him on the right, I guess, to see if he could be a right side defenseman, even though he's a lefty shot. And I thought he looked fine. I thought he looked really good. Um, so I suspect then that. Jones will be the seventh defenseman. I suspect then that they won't carry eight defensemen so that Harper would probably go on waivers. 
uh, if he's not on waivers now, um, he'll go on waivers and go down to Hartford. Um, and so that would get them down to 23. And so, uh, you know, do we want to get to 22? Well, if, if Pitlick and Heedle and everybody else are healthy, then there's one more cut to make to get to 22. It would either be Cooley or, you know, Johnny Brodzinski. Um, if, if, Either Pitlick or Heedle is, you know, they have some questions about, then you probably carry 23 for opening night and then and then see what happens when people get fully healthy. So, you know, I, I think that they're they're almost there. You know, they're almost there. And and at this point, the you know, the question is, is Will Cooley gonna be there on October 12th? I like I like what Gustafson brought in preseason. I thought he was very sharp. He was solid. That third pair, whoever he was with, it it worked out really well. Like, um, like last season, I felt like the third pair, like with Schneider and whoever he was paired with, there were times where they'd get stuck in their own end and you know give up a lot of chances. But for majority of uh, last night, it was pretty smooth. Like transitioning out of their zone, you know, the opposition didn't spend too much time in there. And I think a lot of that has to do with Gustafson, maybe because he's comfortable working with Laviolette, so he knows how he how the system works uh, on the defensive side. But he looks really, really smooth, and I agree with you. I think Jones looked looked real good. Um, but that's good that Heedle is like walking around though in in like the locker room. Maybe he's not skating with the team yet, but would that that rules out like a long term injury though, right? Yeah, you would think so, right? I mean, I. I Think so. I mean, like, generally, uh, they don't want us near injured guys, <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and, and especially you know where. I mean, even if a guy is skating with the team in practice, but he's wearing the red non-contact jersey, they don't they don't want us talking to him. Generally, you know, so especially if a guy's not skating with the team and he's skating on his own before practice, um, you know, we're not supposed to be anywhere near that guy. And then you know, so for the the fact that. You know, he was around and he wasn't in the locker. He was going from one of the, you know, like the, I don't know, the training area or someplace. You know, he just happened to be around as we were walking out of the locker room. So it wasn't, you know, he wasn't there for us to interview, but, you know, we did see him and he looks fine. And, and so it's a good sign, um, you know, and, uh, and I expect that he'll be able to practice and, and ready for October 12th. But, you know, until he shows up at practice, you know, I, I, I can't promise you that. It's just, you know, we've got to wait and see. But yeah, no. So that's a you know they're almost there, and and assuming Heedle's good, then you start to think about you know well, what are the lines going to look like, um, and I think you know the good thing is you could speculate, I could speculate, we probably would come up with different line speculations, and what that suggests is that the coach has options, right? You can play, you could play Kreider and Zabanjad together. And you probably would play either Laugh or Kako or Wheeler with them too. Or, you know, he had a look uh, in New Jersey at Zabanajad and Panarin together. Um, so, I mean, you could do that. Um, some of that had to do with the fact that Heedle wasn't around and he couldn't see Panarin with Heedle. But I, I think I keep going back to what the lines looked like on the first day. 
Um, and I think that, you know, here's a guy who had the job and he had three months to think about what he wanted his lines to look like on the first day of practice. And so I keep going back to that, which was Kreider, Mika and Lafreniere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Panarin, Heedle, and he put Blake Wheeler there on the on the on the right wing that first day, and then a, a third line of I think it was a VC Goudreau, um, and Kako on the right side. Uh, so uh, I'm sorry, a VC Trocek and Kako on the right side. I'm sorry, thank you. Um, but so yeah, that's what I keep coming back to. Is you know that to me seems to be. That's that was what it was on the first day. So I'm assuming that, you know, if everybody's healthy, that's kind of where he wants it. Although Kako can play anywhere. And, you know, if he if he moves Kako and, and swaps him with one of the other two top guys, you know, that would that would probably uh, make some sense. Yeah. You said last night, basically, like Kako's a wild card. You play him anywhere and he looked real good last night, too. Um, yeah, he does. One thing. Yeah, one thing that stood out to me in this preseason was how well he worked with like Trocheck and the checkers, like the, the, those aggressive uh, players. I went to the, the game at the garden when they played the Islanders and when he scored like, he's like 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Right. In, right. that yeah, yeah. But that line, the Othman, it was Othman, Trocheck and Kako. They looked really good. The, that entire game. And um, also the other night when they played the devils, there was a shift where, uh, Trocheck, Cooley, and Kako were out there together. That wasn't the line, but no, that was that was there. the first shift where um, Pitlick had not. You know, Pitlick was the right wing on that line, and so uh, when he was didn't come out for second period, they just kind of ran all the right wings. Yeah, uh, okay. on that line. So Kako got the first turn, uh, and they scored on that. Yeah, on and that. they scored. Yeah. They yeah. he looked good there. Like Cooley, Cooley scored on that, and like that little short bit that we got of those three players together it looked good so i mean i don't know if it's like the chemistry between kako and trocek or if it's just his play style that mixes well with the, the those aggressive players that are, are good at four checking um but then again last night riders banajad and kako you know they look they look really solid yeah i mean i think so i think with kako um I think why he works with with anybody is because he's sound defensively, right? So you could put him on, a, on an offensive line where you have guys, you know, if you put him with, let's say you put him with Panarin and Heedle, you know, guys who are not known to be two-way players. They're one-way players, right? Kako can kind of be, 
you know, because he's a responsible defensive guy and he's strong defensively, he could kind of be the like the defensive sort of presence on on an offensive line. Um, and then at the same time, th- th- then the other thing is, you know, the the thing that he does well um, is he works the boards really well. Um, he possesses the puck really well along the boards and in the offensive zone. I mean, like he can go on these things where he can just hold the puck and just be circling, circling, looking for something, looking for something to happen. Um, you know, so that, that'll work with any line. And then he's got a big frame. I mean, he's six, two and two Oh six, I think. So he can stand in front of the net too. So he, you know, if you got a guy who can, you know, who can back check, uh, who's good on the boards, who can stand in front of the net, and then he can snap a shot like he did, you know, uh, you know, against the Bruins uh, last night. Um, you know, he can probably play with anybody. And so, you know, I did, a, I did a, I looked at, um, um, at natural stat trick one point, not last season, maybe it was a season before. Remember the year when Kako broke his wrist. Um, uh, and, and then on that, in that season, he was really the only right wing they had in the top nine. Um, and, and I kind of looked at all three of those of the lines that year with Kako on it, the lines were much better than they were without him on it, right? So, wherever you put him, he's going to make that line better. If he's on the third line with with Heedle and Lafreniere, it's going to make that line better. If he's on the second line with uh, you know, with Strom and Panarin, he's going to make that line better. If, if you put him on the top line, he's going to make that line better. Um, based on the, 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 you know, the construction of their roster. I mean, he's their best right wing. Um, and so wherever he goes, he's going to make a difference on that line. So I think he gives the coach options. Like he can play Kako on a checking line if he wants, or he can play him on the top line if he wants. He can play him anywhere. And I think that's, you know, when you're a coach, you love having players that you can do that with. Mm-hmm. If he if he shoots the puck like that more consistently and trusts his wrist shot, he'll have he'll have a lot of goals this year for sure. Well, you know the thing about him is he can do that stuff. Yeah, but he needs, I think he needs ice time, right? I mean, he can, you know if he's getting third line ice time, what happens is, and it happens with with any young player and any player and any any athlete in any sport, is a confidence thing. Like, if he gets a lot of ice time, he'll get a lot of chances. If he gets a lot of chances, he's going to score some goals. If he gets less ice time, he'll get fewer chances. If he gets fewer chances and then, you know, he shoot. remember the one stretch last year where he had this stretch where he kept hitting the post and he kept doing all this stuff? You know what I mean? Like, you, you get a chance. You get a great chance. You think you should score. You hit the post. Now your head, your head's hanging the next time, right? You know, and then all of a sudden your confidence goes a little bit. So he's a guy – I think that will be better with more ice time because the more ice time he's going to get, the more chances he's going to get, the more chances he's, you know, he's going to have success. Certainly there's, there's something there to look at. Like there's promise there. And, you know, he's shown that off over the past couple, couple seasons, like last season, you know, he may not have had as many points as he could have had, you know, let's think if he makes some of those chances, if he buries some of those chances that you, that you mentioned instead of hitting the post. You're looking at maybe a 45, 50 point season, maybe. But right. I don't know if the same can be said about at this point about Lafreniere. And, you know, going back into that subject, I know he, he faced a lot of criticism online from, from fans about, you know, his effort and 
people questioning about his work ethic and offseason training. I mean, I don't want to believe that, you know, he didn't put any of the work in. I believe he, he did put in the work because all athletes do it. And if they didn't, then they would come to camp out of shape and everybody would know that. Um, but that frustration with, with Lafreniere, you know, what do you what do you think about it? Like, do you think he he should be a more impactful player at this at this point in his career, even if it's just the preseason? It is the biggest question on the Rangers roster right now, isn't it? Yep. Um, because you know what you're going to get out of just about everybody else, right? You got maybe the best goalie in the league. You got a defense that's led by a guy who was, you know, is, is a one-time Norris Trophy winner and and was runner-up last year. Um, you know, we we know what you're going to get out of Kreider. We know what you're going to get out of Panarin and Zibanejad. Uh And I think, you know, you, we just discussed at great length what what's possible for Kako. Um, Heedle, too, I think, to a lesser degree because – He's produced, and and I think the big question with him is going to be: Can he play eighty-two games? You yeah, know, health. Yeah, health. Will he, for, for will he stay healthy enough to play? Um, but Lafreniere, I think we do not know what he is just yet. Um, you know, if and I know people are mad at him because he's you know number one overall, and he was supposed to be the next great player. You know, it was uh, it was supposed to be. Um, you know, Crosby and then McDavid and then, you know, Cock, uh, Lafreniere is going to be in that same sentence. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I think we've seen enough to think that, you know what, he's not, he's not going to be the next McDavid. Um, but what, what, what's his ceiling? Like, what can he be? And, and I think we don't know that. And, and, you know, I think, Look, he was a pretty good third-line player. He's a pretty good middle six player, if you will. Um, you know, two years ago, that 21-22 season, he had 19 goals. That's not chopped liver, right? But a lot of that came playing right wing with Mika and Kreider. Um, so I'd like to see him get an opportunity, like a real opportunity, go on an extended run with those two guys or – you know, if not those two guys, you know, looks like right now, based on the last preseason game, you know, maybe he's going to play with Panarin and, and maybe Heedle. Um, you know, that, that last preseason game, that second line was Panarin, Goudreau, and, and Lafreniere. And the presumption is that Goudreau is a placeholder there for Heedle, and that when he's healthy, he'll step into that line, right? So I'd like to see uh, what Lafreniere is capable of if he gets – consistent top six ice time um, and and the freedom to go out and, and make plays. Uh, I don't know that he's gotten that consistently in his first three seasons. And I know he's fine as a third-line player, and if that's what he is, I think he can help the team. But, you know, is there more there? That's the question that, that we all, <laughs> all of us, want to know. I certainly don't think it's time to give up on him yet. Like there, there are questions about, you know, what he's provided for the Rangers. Like, but we've seen flashes of brilliance. Like last year, he, he's, he's able to do these crazy things, put the puck between his legs, score on the backhand, you know, like make something out of nothing. Like when it doesn't look like there's anything there, but then there are to me far too many times where, you know, it's, he, you don't notice him out there on a shift yeah. or multiple shifts. 
Yeah. And like just getting that consistency, like I'm want to see how uh, Laviolette can help him before I'm ready to write him off. Like just this is just coming from me as a fan. Like, and I know it's it's preseason, so I'm gonna temper whatever I'm gonna say, whatever I'm saying, because I know it's just the start of the season. It's right. it's not games don't count, but. I understand, like, yeah, you should be trying to make an impression on this new coaching staff. You just gotta, you just got, you're the first first overall pick to be to be handed a bridge contract since um, Nail Yakupov, and we know how he turned out. So, I guess fans are expecting a statement from him, and they didn't get it. They yeah. were expecting a preseason like Kako just played, where he's, you know, he may not have had all those all these. This crazy amount of points, but he certainly looked like in control and like a master of like whatever he was doing out there, Kako. But Lafreniere, yeah. he couldn't say the same thing. No, but you know, and uh, you know, no, it's not to get into making excuses for him because there's been a lot of excuses made for him. You know, third yeah. line ice time. You know, I mean, he's got these two guys ahead of him at left wing. He's got to switch to right wing. The coaches haven't given him a shot at right wing. And, and I think, you know, that's there, right? Those are, you can call them excuses if you want, and and they may be to some extent, but, you know, they're facts. Um, you know, if you have Kreider and Panarin, at, you know, at left wing, they're both ahead of Lafreniere at this stage of their careers. So, you know, the whole idea is to switch him to the right side. And, and I think, I think, most of us aren't sure why it's been such a problem for him on the right side. Like, dude, why can't you play right wing? Um, and I think he can play right wing. I just think that coaches who are trying to win today um, don't, don't have time to develop guys, right? They want, I mean, Gallant certainly didn't. I mean, David Quinn, when he was here was, you know, his job was to try and develop the young guys. Gallant's job was to win and win today and win big. And so Gallant knew what worked. Like, you know, Mika and Kreider worked together. Yes, you could try Mika with Panarin, but you know what? After three, four games, you know what? I'll go back to Mika and Kreider. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean, I think it's a comfort thing uh, for the coaches more than anything else. I think, you know, I think we need to see Lafreniere get an extended run at right wing uh, and in the top six. Um because we need to know what he is. And and if what he is is a third line left wing who can hit people once in a while and drop the gloves, you know, once in a while he's fought um, and, and be gritty and stand in front of the net and, and get you 15 to 20 goals, that'll help your team. Right. You just, you just need to know if that's what he is or if he can be capable of being more. And so, you know, again, there's an 82 game season coming up. I, I would, <laughs> I, I would like to see him get some run at right wing in the top six. Let's give him a little time. You know, let's not let him be looking over his shoulder after every shift. Just give him a little time and see if it works out. And then, you know, at some point, you'll have plenty of time at some point to, you know, if, if it's not working out to move him down to the third line and play left wing. Laugh for MVP says W. Uh, maybe that's actually, maybe that's Lafreniere. He's listening to us. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could just have you talk to him before every game, and you know, work your work your good luck magic, you know. <laughs> then, then it's like confirmed eighty-two goal season for. Oh yeah, yeah. 
But no, seriously, we got to track that this year. It's like uh, we talked to Kako. What was it, Kako, right? The other day? I spoke and- to Kako on Wednesday and wrote him Wednesday for the for the uh, the game that night in New Jersey. And he had an assist, but he had an assist on the on the Cooley goal. So he wasn't actually playing, you know, with those guys when he had that assist. And then, you know, of course, there was no morning skate on Thursday. And then Kako scores on Thursday. So I'm claiming that. I'm, I'm claiming that, you know, I had something to do with Kako scoring because I spoke to him. Gotcha. All right. So <laughs> we've reached uh, towards the end of the show. And there's uh, one thing that I want to do. I want to start doing a little bit more consistently. And uh, I mentioned it at the beginning, like about the Laviolette quote and that being what we call an ice cold take. So, um, Colin, what I want you to do is I want you to make an ice cold take. It's a it's an accurate statement. I have the definition here. I wrote I this has to get submitted to um, Webster's dictionary. I have to <laughs> I have to make a claim here, but it's an accurate statement backed by facts and observations that is solid in nature, similar to a block of ice, i.e. Okay. spot on claim. So I'm, you can make I'm a prediction. Nervous now. You're making me nervous. I, I'll go first. I have one. I, I thought of one uh, during the uh during our conversation. Um, so we were talking about how um, Zach Jones looks pretty good, right? And, you know, Schneider got the scratch. Gustafson looks great. I think we might see multiple instances just within the first month where Schneider is going to be scratched in favor of Zach Jones. And that pair is going to be Jones and, uh, and Gustafson, that third pair. I'm not saying every game, but at least a couple. There's, well, you know what? That's my what? take. I think there's a, you know, that's a bold take, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I understand where, why you're saying it. I don't think Schneider's had a great preseason. Um, you know, the first game started the first game. He was like, he was like the only one of the top six defensemen in the lineup uh, against Boston. And I feel oh, like, right. you know, he, he, uh, he probably needed to do a little bit more, maybe felt the pressure to do more in that game. Uh, he made a huge mistake. I remember on coming back on uh, where he makes the a, a backhand pass across his own crease, going towards his own goal. Now um, that ends up on the stick of one of the opposition players, and you know, and, and it was a shot on goal, which you know Jonathan Quick saved. I don't think that Schneider has been great, but again, you know, they're all learning the new systems, uh, and and you know, he's got he's got quite a bank of uh, you know of, you know, of good performances and, uh, to, to, to sustain them. So I think he'll, he'll, um, I'm not too worried about him, but I, I think, you, you know, you, there's merit to what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, Zach Jones played great, uh, in this preseason and, um, and Gustafson's played well. And, and that pair of Gustafson on the left and Jones on the right looked really good in the last preseason game. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see Jack, Zach Jones getting, Getting some games. I mean, I can't imagine him being in the press box. You remember when Lee Moore Hayek was in the press box for I don't know thirty games in a row or whatever? I, I just don't see them doing that with Zach Jones. And so, oh no, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I could see that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to jump on your bandwagon, but I can see where you're coming at. Yeah, like I, I, I agree with you. The Schneider has done a lot in the two years he's played uh, with the Rangers. Um, you know, he's looked great at times, you know, it's like no fault of his own though. Like, you know what I mean? Like Jones is also good and 
you just don't want to fall in that same scenario like you just said about Hayek going whatever it was 30 games without playing a game yeah like Jones is I think a much higher caliber player than Hayek was so you know you got to give him just a, a kick at the can like you know a cup of coffee you like to think so. yeah here and there but if, like, if you know, it's like feels wear and tear you know what I mean like give him a night off or something yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe second night of back-to-backs or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like um, you do with goaltenders usually. Yeah, yeah. No, so that, I mean, like, it's a solid take. I don't I don't know that I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily jumping on the bandwagon with you, but I, I see where you're coming from with that. As far as me making one of those takes, there's a couple of things, right? We haven't talked about the goalie situation. Um, I, I don't know that I've, liked what I've seen out of Jonathan Quick in the preseason. He's – I have to look at the numbers, but I, I can't imagine they're very impressive. Um, and so I, I wonder – I do wonder – I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer, so I, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, but I do wonder how well he's going to adapt to this new role as a backup goaltender. I mean, you know, the guy's – you know, one of the greatest goalies of his generation, you know, you see, you know, and now he's, you know, you're asking him to play somewhere between, I don't know, 15 and, and 25 games. And, you know, I saw up close, you know, how difficult that was for Alexander Georgiev when he was here his last season. It's not easy at all. It's not easy to do it. Um, where, you're playing once a week or once every 10 days. And if you have a, if you have a bad game, you have to sit on that, you know, for a long time before you get back in there. And if you have a great game, you don't get to build on it. You still have to, you know, you still have to sit on it, you know, for another week or so until you get back in there. That's very, very difficult to do. Now I think Yaroslav Halak, you know, did a really good job with it last year, but he was a veteran guy. He'd been a number one and he'd, he'd also been a backup, you know, and it, it kind of evolved over a few years. And I think he handled it really, really well. And I'm curious to see how well Jonathan Quick is going to handle this. He did not have a great year last year in terms of his numbers, as most of us know. And, um, you know, I, I don't see how playing fewer games and getting less ice time and getting more inconsistent ice time is going to help any of that. So I'm, I'm very curious as to what they're going to do. He may only be starting 17 games, but it's not like you can afford to go. Oh, and 17 in those games. I mean, he's going to have to play well when he does play. So, um, uh, you know, I don't know what the take would be, but I guess the take would be, you know, they're going to have to make it, they're going to have to make a decision at some point. Um, over the course of the season as to whether or not as to whether quick is going to be their number two, or if it'll be time for, you know, Louis Domingue or Dylan Garand to be the the number two, because I haven't seen it in training camp yet, you know, but again, 82 game season, um, plenty of time for, for quick to sort of, you know, wade into it, but I'm, I'm not convinced. We could, yeah, we could see. Like, it could turn out to be like that scenario where Cam Talbot came up and played for the Rangers in 2013-14 after Buran retired, because he was an experienced goaltender, but then he retired like in in the middle of the season. And then also like, or it could be like 
block last year where you get off to a, a rough start and then, you know, you just find your, your mojo and, you know, you get into that. But I think it will be a little different for Quick because he's uh, he's new to the backup role. Um, Halak had plenty of plenty of years getting adjusted to that that backup role. Like when he played with Boston and the Islanders, you know, like that transition to, to from starter to backup because um, you don't play every night, so you have to stay sharp. But I could see I could see that being that happening, like with uh, Domingue or Garand coming up for like. You know, I don't know how how long, but you know, um, there's definitely a concern there with Quick. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, and again, this is not to like I don't know. I mean, I we assume that he'll bounce back a little bit. We, you know, but that's an assumption. I mean, you know, he's he's gonna have to. We're gonna have to see him in a regular season game. I mean, right now it's like you can say, "Oh, we didn't play well in front of him," and that you know. But I've heard that a lot about backup goalies. You know, "Oh, we didn't play," you know, and that happens a lot. I mean, you're playing a lot of times the second night in a back-to-back where the team is tired and they're not going to play well and, and they're going to need the goalie to, you know, kind of lift lift them up. And I don't know that, you know, I don't know how, how well positioned Quick is to do that. Interestingly enough, last year when I talked to, I talked to Johnny Lazarus on another episode like a year ago and he was saying like when your backup goalies and players tend to play a lot harder, like skate harder back to their own zone because they know it's their backup in there. And that's even more so because the Rangers have Shesterkin as their starter, so they right. know, like, if that Shesterkin's got them, like he could he's he could bail them out at at a given at any point in time. But like when it's a backup goaltender, you're gonna play a little bit harder. Um, so using that excuse that we didn't play hard enough, when you're already playing really hard, then I don't know, I don't know. How, I think that excuse runs dry after a certain amount of time. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to have to – it's it's really all about, you know, the, the opportunities, the goals. I mean, I'm not the biggest analytics guy, so I, I hate the term expected goals. Um, but, you know, you got to look at the quality of the chances um, and, and make a determination. And, and, and what is and is not acceptable. Like, if he gives up – like, against the Devils on Wednesday – he gave up what? Uh, it was a five-two game. One was an empty netter, so he gave up four goals. Three like of them. Three power- of them were on the power play. Yeah, three of them were on the power play. So I mean, you know, I, okay. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not mad at him for that. Um, but yeah, it's going to have to be. He's going to have to be judged differently than than uh, than Igor will be judged. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of Ice Cold Takes. Colin, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy writing articles and uh, getting ready for the start of the season, but thanks again for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pl- I'm glad we were able to work it out. Right now I just got to run off and just go write a little story about Othman getting sent down, but uh, we're, we're good. No, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and I had fun. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.